Hi, and welcome to Follow Baptist Church's weekly message podcast. My name's Luke Williams, and I'm the lead pastor, and we're thrilled to have you joining us. We hope the message today inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. You know what's going on. If you're visiting, you're probably thinking, what have I just walked into this Christmas Eve? For those who don't know what's going on, let me tell you what's going on. That is the theme song that's played every time I preach now. So it just comes on when I come out to preach. No, it's not really. The song you just heard is the track called Follow God of Kanye West's recently released album called Jesus is King. Kanye's album has been fairly massive news in the music industry. And while it has brought Jesus' kingship into the public sphere recently, it's certainly not a new idea. In fact, for Christian people, we have always known and acknowledged Jesus' kingship in our lives. And that's why the hashtag for our Christmas series this year was a very basic one. And I've noticed that it hasn't taken off on social media at all, because we're hopeless at hashtags, right? Just never do them. Very disobedient. But the hashtag this year was this one. I think it's pretty cool. Hashtag King Before Kanye. Jesus was the king before this album was released. And so while we tried the hashtag, it's really the thought that counts because it didn't really take off. But Jesus' kingship is one of the central things that we celebrate at Christmas time. In fact, on the very first Christmas, the angel appeared to Mary to tell her that she was going to have a baby, to give birth to Jesus, and that his future kingship would be a reality of his life. And it was a big part of the announcement. This is what the angel said at the start of Luke's gospel. He said, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so like Kanye's album, a Christmas series this year has also been titled Jesus is King. And each week we've been focusing on a different attribute of his kingship. And so in week one we talked about Jesus being the humble servant king who didn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life for us. In week two we talked about him being the one true king who is worthy of our worship. In week three we talked about him being the restful king who leads us into a place of rest, both in this life and for all eternity. And week four, tonight on Christmas Eve, we're going to briefly focus on Jesus as the reigning king. Jesus as the reigning king. Because as the angel announced, he will reign forever. Now the problem we have when we talk about kings and kingdoms these days is that we feel a little bit disconnected from the language, don't we? In Australia, we're part of a constitutional monarchy with Queen Elizabeth as our ruling queen, but we don't really see ourselves as part of a kingdom, and we certainly don't use that language. 
And while it's true to say that we're part of the Commonwealth, it would be fair to say that our everyday lives are largely unaffected by the Queen of England. And so today, Queen Elizabeth could be doing last-minute Christmas shopping. She might be out walking the corgis in the grounds around her house. She might be home in England, cosied up in bed at Buckingham Palace, which is probably the most likely because it's about 7am over there at the moment. Or she could be on a different continent altogether. And really, most of us would have no idea in our daily lives about what she's doing, and we're unaffected by her activity. Now, I think she's been a good and godly queen, Elizabeth. There's so much about her that we can admire and respect. But the truth is, if she was to die tomorrow, we hope she won't, but she's pretty old. (laughs) Most of us would think that's a shame, right? Some of us may even feel really sad about that. But I reckon the majority of us wouldn't shed a tear because we're so disconnected from her as our queen. And so the danger when it comes to talking about Jesus' kingship is that we hear that kind of language and we feel the same disconnection from him. We might hear at Christmas time that Jesus is king, but think to ourselves, well, how does that really affect my everyday life? I want to tell you tonight that the difference between Queen Lizzie and King Jesus is that what the Queen does has no impact on our lives. But if Jesus is the king of your life, it'll change absolutely everything about it. And so what does it mean? Tonight I want to briefly focus on two things that are life-changing about Jesus' kingship over our lives. And I hope to answer two main questions. What does it mean for us to say that Jesus is our reigning king? And why would we consider receiving him as the king of our lives? And the first reason I think it's significant is this, that Jesus is king of our circumstances. And when he is, it changes our lives. It gives us a different perspective. It gives us hope and a confidence that we would lack in the circumstances of life we go through if he wasn't our king. Now this time of year, as we come to Christmas and towards a new year, it's a time of worship. We come to worship Jesus, but I think it's also a time of reflection as we take time to ponder the year that is now coming to an end. And I wonder for you, as you think back over 2019, how you would describe this year. If I was to ask you to close your eyes tonight and and give it a mark out of 10, 10 being like a perfect year and zero being like you're dead, where would you rate this year when you think about what's happened in your life? I think if we did a straw poll here tonight, we'd find some people who say, if 10's up this end, I'm standing up here because it's been an amazing year. And some people would say, you know, this year, it hasn't been perfect because there's no such thing as a perfect year, but it's pretty close. Oh, this year, you might have got married or you might have got a new job or maybe you've been new places or experienced new things or maybe you've uh, grown in some of your relationships, grown in your faith. And you say, you know what, this year, pretty much everything about it I've loved. 2019 has been amazing. And so bring on 2020. If that's you, you've got lots to be grateful for and that's wonderful. But I reckon for every 9.5 in the room, there'd probably be just as many, if not more, at around about the five mark. When you think about this year, you think, you know what, this year, it's kind of just been another average year. It's sort of just kind of drifted along. There's been no massive highlights in my life this year, no real significant growth that I can put a finger on. And if you're really honest, you can't believe it's Christmas time again already. 
where did this year go? It's just been kind of like an average year. But for others, you might be right up the other end of the scale tonight. More like, you know, not zero because you're still alive, but maybe just past that. Maybe one or maybe two. And this year has just been an absolute struggle for you. Maybe you've had some mental health issues where you've had some anxiety or depression. Maybe this year you lost your job. Maybe even worse this year, you lost a loved one. Maybe this year has just been like trying to walk through mud and it's been really, really difficult. It's just been struggle town all year. If that's you, maybe you're even thinking tonight, if Jesus is king of my circumstances, where has he been? Because it's been an absolute mess. Well, regardless of where you fall on that scale from 1 to 10 at the end of 2019, whether it's been a great year or a terrible year, I believe that Jesus is still king over our circumstances. And if they have been, if you've had a hard life this year and you feel like life has been a mess, I want to tell you that the story of Christmas is the story of a God who left the perfection and the glory of heaven to step into our mess. We have a God who's not overwhelmed or afraid of our mess. In fact, he wants to journey through it with us. In the first book of the Bible, we read about the creation account. We read about God creating the heavens and the earth. And when he was finished creating, it was magnificent. He looked at it and he said, it is very good. What we see at the start of Genesis is untainted relationship between mankind and creation. A deep relationship between the man and the woman. An amazing intimacy this intimate relationship between God and humanity. And it was beautiful. It was what it was created to be. It was created for us to enjoy living in that kind of space. But it didn't take long. A couple of chapters in, chapter 3, for the first humans to decide to walk away from God. Despite having everything they could ever dream of, they thought, you know what, it's not enough. We want to be like God. And so they disobeyed him and they said, thank you, but no thank you. We're going to do it our own way. What we read from then right through the rest of scripture is the devastation of that moment. The moment they sinned, the good and beautiful world God created for us to enjoy was devastated by the impact of sin. And we've been living in the consequences of that decision ever since. And so our experience, all we've ever known right throughout our lives, is a world that's broken. And while this world can be very beautiful at times, It's also a world full of suffering and injustice, full of evil and pain. And whether we want to accept it or not tonight, all of us contribute to it in many different ways. Sometimes we contribute with the words we use when we gossip about others and when we say things that are harsh or rude. Sometimes we contribute with the way that we treat one another when we hurt one another in life. Sometimes we contribute in the way that we have abused creation itself. All of us have contributed to that. The mess we experience on a daily basis is a direct result of sin, and we've all contributed to the problem of sin. And I think that we've got to own that. I don't think there's anyone here tonight that can say, you know what, I'm completely innocent. I'm perfect. I've always got it right. I've never done the wrong thing. And so when we consider that we've all contributed to this problem, and we consider at the same time that God is holy and perfect, God would be well within his rights to just leave us in the mess. You know, you want to do it your own way? Go and do it your own way. See how that works out and you can sort it out yourself. But Christmas reminds us that that's not the kind of God he is. God is love. 
And at Christmas time, we remember that he loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. That's the great news of Christianity. And I think the first Christmas really demonstrates the love of God in a profound way. That Jesus... God in human form stepped out of heaven into our mess in order to lift us up out of it. In Matthew chapter 1, it describes Jesus as Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. That's an extraordinary statement. God with us, the creator of the universe, the one that created everything, steps into his own creation for us. We see in the Christmas story when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger has become so familiar for us, hasn't it? So familiar that I think we take it for granted. We sing the carols, we've done that tonight and we'll do a couple more later on. We see the nativity scenes, the beautiful ones which you no longer see in the Maya windows because it's, you know, cuddle pop and snuggle pie or something. But we see the nativity scenes and we go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we know the story. We've heard it before. And yet we should never forget that that helpless, dependent baby laying in that manger is actually the God who created the universe, stepping into human history in the humblest way imaginable to save the very people who messed up his creation in the first place. It's a mind-blowing, life-changing act of grace. This is what we remember at Christmas time, not just at Christmas time, but also at Easter time. And as we reflect on the gospel, the the good news of the Christian faith, there are different elements we reflect on at different times. And so at Christmas time, we remember and celebrate that Jesus was born. It's a wonderful celebration of his new life. And as we read through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we read about Jesus' perfect life here on earth and the example he set, the footsteps he left for us to follow in. But when we get to Easter and we get to Good Friday, We remember that that same Jesus who laid in the manger as an adult actually hung on a Roman cross and he died in our place. You see, Jesus was perfect in every way, so he didn't die on a cross for his sin. He died on the cross for your sin and for my sin. And he stretched out his hand on the cross and as he died, he said, it is finished. And what he's saying is the price of sin that we all deserve to pay for the things we've done wrong was completely paid by him. And when we accept him by faith, no longer are we declared guilty or have to pay our own penalty for our sin, but we are declared innocent and we can be forgiven. It's a wonderful thing. And so there he is. He hangs there on the cross and eventually he dies. And they take him down from the cross and they bury him in a tomb. But then we get to Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday is an amazing day, isn't it? We come in here and we usually sing Happy Day at the start of every Easter Sunday. Seems to be the Easter song here at Follow. But we come and we celebrate the fact that it is a happy day because on the third day, he didn't stay dead in the tomb, but he rose from death. And he came to new life. And in the process, he conquered the power of sin, which he paid for at the cross, but he also conquered the power of death by overcoming death and therefore giving us the opportunity in him to also have eternal life. And then to round off the gospel, we often talk about his second coming, that we're all waiting for him to come back for his people. And that will be a wonderful day as well. But what I've noticed is that there's one part of the story that we often neglect to mention, and that is the ascension of Jesus back to heaven. We often talk about 
his birth and his life and his death and his resurrection, but we rarely talk about his ascension. Christmas, of course, is all about the descension. And Jesus descended from heaven to earth in the humblest of ways. But at the other end of his earthly life, 40 days after his resurrection, he ascended from earth back to heaven, not as a helpless babe, but as the risen reigning king. And I think it's a critical thing for us to understand Because if we're going to trust Jesus as king of our circumstances, then we need to have confidence in who he is and what he's done on our behalf. We need to know that he's a king who is over our circumstances, not overwhelmed by them. Ephesians chapter 1 reminds us of this risen king. And it tells us that he is now back in heaven at the right hand of the Father, a place of power and dominion over every other rule and authority. It tells us that God has placed all things under his feet and he is now the head over everything now and forever. Now if all things are placed under his feet and he's the head over everything, then it would go to say that there are no circumstances that he can't help us with. And so when we accept Jesus as Lord of our lives, he is rightly the king over all of our circumstances and he is with us in the midst of everything we go through. In the joyful times of life, those mountaintop experiences, he's right there celebrating with us. In the ho-hum years that just drift on by, he's right there by our side. And even in the most difficult times of life, well, even then he stands with us. He is our ever-present help in times of need, which means that when he is king, we are never alone. And that's a wonderful thing to know. In a world that's full of isolation and brokenness and loneliness, we know that whatever we go through in life, with Jesus as our king, he will be with us no matter what we go through. You know, tonight at Follow, we have a first here in the service. For the first time ever, we have a dog with us in the service. It's not just any dog. It's a sausage dog called Denzel. It came for the sausage sizzle and escaped. And so he's still here. He's up the very back. Denzel, the sausage dog. He's owned by my brother's girlfriend, Annie, who's a lovely pommy lady, so you can say hello to her later on. Not Queen Elizabeth, a different one. And uh, she's here tonight with Denzel uh, because this weekend they're staying at my parents' house and... They wanted to come to church, but they can't leave Denzel alone in a strange place because he'll fret. And so a couple of days ago at a family celebration, Annie asked if she could bring Denzel. Now, if it was a pit bull, I probably would have said, you know, just listen to the podcast. But it's a sausage dog, right? That is so cute, right? And and we know that everyone's welcome at follow. And so I said, if you want to come to church and it can only happen if you bring Denzel, then bring Denzel and you can even bring my brother Johnny with you as well. (laughs) So she has. It's a package deal. The reason I mention that is not to embarrass uh, Johnny and Annie because I love them too much to do that. The reason I mention it is because I think sometimes our life can be a bit like it is for Denzel. I think we can fret. I think sometimes we can feel overwhelmed or hopeless. Sometimes we can even feel all alone. And at Christmas time, we're reminded of a king who stepped into our mess. And if he did it once, he promises he can do it again. We don't have to go through life alone. We don't have to even work it all out because we have a king, Jesus, who is king over our circumstances and he promises that he is working all things together for good for those who love him. 
He even says uh, in the book of Romans that we can rejoice in our sufferings because even in our sufferings, he's at work. Our sufferings produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. So if you've had the worst year of your life this year, guess what? I reckon Jesus has been preparing some stuff in your life. You're the person you are today because of what you've been through this year. And If you hadn't have gone through that, then maybe you wouldn't be who you are today. And it's wonderful, isn't it, that even in the difficult times, God's redeeming presence is working in our lives and working all things, even the worst things, together for good. And so if he was willing to step into our mess that first Christmas, I want to tell you tonight that he's still willing to walk through it with us now. And so I wonder tonight what circumstances do you need to trust him with in your life this Christmas? Are there things that you've been fretting over? Are there burdens that you've been carrying and they feel so heavy that you feel crippled? Well, Jesus says to cast your burdens upon him. He says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Tonight, he's inviting us to trust him afresh in all of our circumstances. Jesus is the king of our present life and of our present circumstances. But perhaps even more importantly than that, he's the reigning king over our future. And that's the second reason today I think that he's worth trusting as the king of your life this Christmas. In the Luke passage, when the angel came, once again, he said that some important words. He said, you'll give Jesus the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants. But look at the next word. He says, forever. His kingdom will never end. It's wonderful, isn't it, to have a saviour who's not just the saviour of this life, but he's the eternal king of kings. He's the one that we can trust right through this life, that we have a hope for all eternity in him. In the last book of the Bible, it talks about Jesus' return for his people. And the picture it paints is beautiful. We've talked today about his descension and from heaven to earth and his ascension from earth back to heaven. But he's promised to come once again in the future to form a new heaven and a new earth where God will dwell amongst his people. And in Revelation 21 says that uh, that they will be his people and he will be their God. And it says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning, crying or pain, for the old order of things will pass away because it says he is making all things new. Man, I look forward to that day when Jesus returns. As I said, this world can be a very difficult place, broken in many ways. And there are lots of people in our world who struggle with hope. And life at times for all of us, I think, can feel hopeless. But the Bible gives us a future hope that we can hold on to that is phenomenal and it changes our lives and keeps us persevering even when times are tough. And just this week I had the privilege of sitting with a man who's in the very last days of his life. The palliative care nurses have been visiting daily and they're hopeful rather than confident that he'll live until Christmas Day to enjoy it with his family. As I sat there and looked at him as we were talking, he's lost so much weight that he's practically just skin and bones. He can no longer work. He gets tired easily, and the medication is having a profound effect on his physical body. His body is completely shutting down. And there's a real sense of sadness for him and for his family this Christmas time, because when his time comes, he's going to be dearly missed. And so we chatted 
for a couple of hours. We prayed. We shared communion together with him and his wife. We read scripture together. And even though he's lost so much and his time is coming near, the one thing that he will never lose is hope because of his faith in Jesus as the eternal reigning king of his present life and of his future. We spoke about the amazing hope in Christ that when we breathe our last breath in this life, it's actually not the end, but the start of a new and greater reality in the presence of God. No more cancer, no more suffering, and no more death, replaced by unceasing joy, unconditional love, and everlasting peace. You know, Christmas is a time of perpetual hope, and it's only made possible because of Jesus. I want to wish everyone here tonight a very Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great time with family celebrating Jesus' birth and sharing precious time together. But before we finish, I want to answer the question of why we should receive Jesus as King this Christmas. And the simple answer is this. We should receive him as King of our lives because he reigns. He reigns over our present life and he reigns over our future. And the question I want to leave you with to ponder this Christmas is simply this. Is Jesus your reigning king? Because not everyone acknowledges him as king this Christmas time. But one day the Bible says they will. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus, the same Jesus who was in the manger, the same Jesus who lived here and dwelt amongst us, the same Jesus who gave his life for us on the cross, the same Jesus who ascended into heaven, the same Jesus who's coming back for his people, is king. And so when's the best time to ask him into your life? Well, the answer is right now. This Christmas, you can receive the greatest gift ever given, the gift of Jesus himself. As you ponder that, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward again. I want to finish this message in a similar way to what I started it. I want to do it in an unconventional way with a song from Kanye West's album. This time the song is titled Jesus is Lord. And it's got powerful lyrics. It goes for 49 seconds. It's less of a rap song and more of a worship song. And as you ponder these lyrics and you ponder the question I just asked, is Jesus the king of your life? My prayer for you this Christmas time is that Jesus is your King. Thanks for joining us for our weekly message. If you're in the southeast area of Melbourne, we'd love for you to join us at our Sunday morning service. All the details can be found on our website at follow.church or you can find us on social media at follow Baptist Church.